Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we take a moment and pause to reflect on and to celebrate the birth of your Son, we just invite you into this moment. With all the things that are going on in our minds, with all the plans and expectations on our hearts, Lord, we invite you into this silence and we invite you to meet us where we are. Lord, we pray that your love would be poured out on us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we gather tonight on Christmas Eve, and we're so glad that you are here, we pause for just a brief time from all the busyness, all the rushing around, all the big food meals, to be in awe of the baby, Jesus, born in a manger to a teenage girl and her flustered fiancé. And yet, sometimes, if you're like me, at Christmas time we focus on the manger scene and we kind of take it as its own story instead of recognizing that in fact it's part of a bigger, more beautiful story of redemption over tragedy. You see, as a Christian, when I read the Bible, I see almost a tragic love story. A story of a creative God who makes a world in perfect harmony, creating plants and animals, and you and I. And this creative God loves his creation. In fact, he creates us so that he can pour out his love on us. God loves us so much that he even gave us choice. For to have true love, you must have choice. The choice to accept his love, to live by his guidance, or to choose to reject him, to reject his love, to live apart from him, and to choose to live in the shadow of the abundant life that he had for us. Our ancestors, well, they chose to rebel. They chose to live separate from God. They abandoned the abundant life that God had for them, And they followed their own rules and followed their own wisdom. They found, and we find, that we're paying for that decision even today. We still invent ways to hurt ourselves and hurt each other. We've settled for the shadow of true life. We've even called it life now. Now eventually, our ancestors realized what had happened. They realized that they had made the biggest mistake in the world. That they had traded abundant love for hate, peace for fear, and life for death. They realized that they needed to get back into this relationship that God had prepared them, had planned for them. And so religion was invented. The list of do's and don'ts, ways to live in order to try to earn God's love and acceptance. We made rituals and we slaughtered animals and we tried to live in a way 
that would bring us back into a relationship with God. To tell you the truth, we still do that today, don't we? We think that if I would only live a moral life, if I was a good neighbor, if I come to church on Christmas Eve, then maybe I can earn God's love. And none of those things are bad. But please let let me tell you that none of those are enough to earn God's love. In fact, I want to tell you today that there's nothing that we can do to earn God's love. And if this was the end of the story, if this is where we ended today, we would truly be left with a tragedy. Humanity, created by a loving God, rebelling and leaving home into the darkness of an unknown world to face the pain and the suffering and ultimately death. And friends, I want to tell you there's good news because that is not the end of the story. It's simply the beginning. Even before time began, before we rebelled against God, before we said we want to do this on our own, before we turned our backs on God, God had a redemption plan in mind. It wasn't like one day all of heaven went crazy and someone said to God, look what the people are doing. And he said, oh no, time for plan B. Get Jesus warming up in the bullpen. Not at all. Did you know that we can't surprise God? That we didn't surprise God with our rebellion? God knew that if he gave us choice, the choice to love him or to leave him, that we ultimately would leave him and that we would find ourselves stuck, separated from him with no way to get back. He knew this. He knew we could not get back to him. He knew that he would have to make a way for us to be reconciled to him. He knew that Jesus and the cross and the sacrifice was necessary before he said, let there be light. And he chose us anyway. The Bible says this, you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. How? With the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen when? He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. So friends, this is why God comes to us in Jesus. This is why we celebrate tonight the birth of a baby born in a manger. Not because he was a good teacher. Not because he did some special magic tricks, but because he is the savior of the world. And he couldn't be the savior of the world without first being born into our messy and dark world. God comes to reconcile us to himself through the cross by suffering and dying in our place in order to offer us once more real love, satisfaction, and abundant life with him the way he intended. 
God invites us now to experience his abundant life in relationship with him. But the relationship that he invites us into isn't a slave-master relationship. It's not an employer-employee relationship. The amazing thing about God is that he invites us into a relationship of father and adopted child. He invites you to be his son, to be his daughter. You are invited to be adopted by the King of Kings, to be part of his family. The book of Galatians, Paul writes this, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And as Jill read for us in the beginning of the Gospel of John, but all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Again, friends, I, want to, I just want to let you know, this is the best good news I could give you this Christmas. This has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with how good you are. It simply has to do with knowing who Jesus is. That God came to us in Jesus to believe that Jesus who is who he said he is and to accept the gift of God's love that Jesus offers all of us. To be totally candid with you, this is the very reason that this church exists. This is the very reason this church exists. There are people here at Chalmers Community Church who have experienced God's love. They have experienced God's invitation for them in Jesus to be adopted into God's family. And now they are learning what it is to live as sons or daughters of the King of Kings. Their lives are not perfect. They will tell you that first off. They are not perfect people. I'm not a perfect person at all. Our lives are still messy We mess up time and time and time again, but God's love and grace is enough for us. And because they have experienced this invitation, it hasn't been enough for them just to live with all the benefits and all the blessings of being part of God's family. In the same way that God stepped out of heaven into our messy world, we too want to share his love with every single person. And so those who have experienced his love now want to share that with their neighbors and their co-workers and their family and their friends. Maybe that's one of the reasons why you're here tonight. Someone invited you here hoping that you could decide for yourself about God's invitation in the manger. You see, Jesus is God's invitation. Now my daughter, 
is in grade one. And this week, she got a birthday invitation. One of her friends was having a birthday, made a list of people that she wanted to invite. They wrote out cards. The mom put the cards in the daughter's backpack. The teacher took the cards out of the daughter's backpack and put them in the individual's backpacks who had been invited. And when Liberty came home from school, she reached into her backpack and she saw an envelope with her name on it. And she got excited. We opened up the envelope and inside was the birthday invitation. And she got even more excited. With God, we don't have to wait to see whether we'll be invited or not. With God, we don't have to hope that we make the cut. We have hope that we have been invited because the invitation is lying in the manger. Jesus is the invitation, and it's for each and every one of us. And the question is, how will we respond? I want to remind you that God doesn't force us to do anything against our will. He asks us to surrender our will to him, to live the abundant life that he has always dreamed of for you. But the choice is up to you. The invitation can remain in the manger, or you can take up God's invitation to become part of his family. The question is up to you. How will you respond? In a minute, I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you that if tonight something has just clicked, and you, through the words that we've sung and and through the scriptures that we've read, things have just started to make sense, and you say, you know what? If God loves me that much, then what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for to be part of his family? Then I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me, just in the quiet of your heart. There may also be some people here today who have said, you know what? I know that I am a son or a daughter of God, but I sure haven't been acting like it. I feel like I've run away from God. And even though I once was a son or daughter of God, maybe I'm not anymore. There's a story in the Bible about two sons, and one of them goes off and squanders everything, runs away, and finds himself in a horrible situation. And when Jesus tells the story, he says that when the son comes back to the father, the father doesn't scold him. The father doesn't wag his finger and say, I told you so. The father doesn't say, well, now you can become my slave. The father grabs a servant and says, kill the fattened calf, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. This is my son who is lost and is now found. And if that's you today, please pray with me to come back to God. This is the best Christmas gift you can receive this Christmas. Let's pray. 
Dear God, I admit that I've done many things that haven't pleased you. I've lived my life for myself, and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do myself. And so I now turn away from the shadow life that I've been living, and I ask that you would give me the life that is truly life. I ask you to take control of my life now as I give it to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live every day in a way that pleases you. I love you, Lord, and I thank you that I now am part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen.